0: Football was my game until that racing fever started burning in my brain. I started running mini stops when I was 13 and won a short track championship when I was just 16.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to the newest episode of Loose Lug Nuts, the NASCAR podcast by the average fan for the average fan. I'm Evan Roberts, joined alongside my dear friend, Thomas Dick, and Thomas, again, another weekend, three more exciting races out at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. We'll break down all three of those races, but first and foremost, some breaking news this morning from Bush Beer. The four candidates for the Kansas Motor Speedway race on May 2nd have been announced. You can go vote by visiting uh, Bush Beer on Twitter. The four names, I wanna get your vote after this. The Bush Latte 400, Nectar of the Cobbs 400, For the Farmers 400, and Bushy
2: McBush Race 400. What are you going with? I, uh, first I'm gonna say my favorite is Bushy McBush Race. That's like, I'm actually sad that I didn't send that one in because I, I, they've had minor league uh, baseball uh, name the team contest and i've sent in stuff similar to that and the thing is i think either nectar the cobs or bushy McBush race is gonna like when the voting ends they're gonna be up top but i think they're gonna get a bunch of ballots at 4 a.m and for the farmers is gonna win no uh, i mean I, I don't i don't want to stop the steal on that one but i feel like that's how it's going to play out see i like to the bush latte
1: 400 i think it just rolls off the tongue you know if you're an announcer like if you're saying welcome back to nectar of the cobs 400 that's too many words bushy mcbush race is funny but i just think the bush latte 400 it sounds cool it rolls off the tongue it's a hell of a lot easier to say it than the other three that's uh, that's who I voted for from the official Loose Lugnuts podcast Twitter account.
2: So I'm gonna <laughs> go. I'm gonna go start a, a fake uh, Twitter account for uh, Loose Lugnuts that'll probably end up with more followers, and then I will like Bushy McBush race.
1: Uh, we did uh, while we're on the topic of the Twitter account, you did mention that we lost one of our Russian uh, bot followers. <laughs> we might be the. Uh, I didn't know it was possible to lose a Russian bot follower. We might be so, the. Uh, the fastest declining nascar podcast now.
2: <laughs> yeah, so if any of you people can help us make up for the russian bot, I mean tell your friends. They don't have to like look at what we post, but just follow um subscribe and leave a review. Yeah, you don't have to like to the
1: episodes. We're just like talking. I
2: was checking I was checking every like 20 minutes this weekend trying to get my dopamine fixed from our social media and it was stuck at 32 after falling down from 33 because the Russian uh, left. All right,
1: well, let's get down to it. Uh, Friday night, we had the truck race. A lot of Camping World blue trucks were out on the track. None of them won, as John Hunter Nemechek, who had a strong race, crossed the uh, finish line first to get a victory. And Thomas, he had a strong
2: race, but he's also had a strong start to the season. Uh, He has. He's... uh... Including the race we already talked about where he had to get uh, pushed to uh, pit row. And I, it uh, disturbed me that he finished third in that race. But yeah, he's, uh, he's won a stage in each of the first three races and uh, he got a win. So now he's pretty much in. I, though, I'm putting an aster- asterisk, asterisk, asterisk a- aster- on this one. On the last restart, is that just one asterisk or is that four (laughs) asterisks? Well, if you can say it right, it's one. Um, On that last restart, as I told you, I think if anyone besides his owner is behind him, he doesn't get the push. And I know Kyle Bush is a driver. And if anyone is ahead of him, but his own driver and his own truck, he takes the lone lane and blows by him or he, he gives him some funny business. So I will, I'm putting an asterisk by that. I mean, I agree. I think that Kyle Busch definitely
1: wanted him to get into the finish line. And we saw that Kyle Busch had one of the fastest trucks all night. He he started from the back and he drove through the field, got into some trouble. And we didn't put this on our rundown, but he blew a tire out and was struggling to get back. And there, when I was watching it live, and I was watching it with friend of the program Luke Killen. It kind shady. of looked like he spun out by you know, on purpose to get the caution flag, which would allow him
2: to get to it, the that was Luke shady. Killen. It wasn't Clint Boyer throwing the glove out the window <laughs> to help Martin get in, but it, yeah, it was a shady spin out. Um, he drove through the field twice, but as I was talking to you, I it's not as impressive as that seems. I think the trucks feel it more than any of the other uh, series not getting the practice, you have a lot of I don't want to call it riffraff, but it's just like new drivers to the to, to the to the series that haven't got to, to race in the truck at the track they're at. And a lot of those like when the race started he like picked up like 12 spots like immediately yeah. just because he was you know now the last towards the end when you're carving through it's pretty impressive. But I, I think they really need and I still don't get like if COVID is gonna spread that much if you have a practice, I don't get and I found it funny at Phoenix they had the first like twenty-five, thirty rows like tarped off. Like the people in the stands were somehow gonna give COVID to the racers. Like I don't know the science behind that. You mean Las Vegas? Um, Phoenix Phoenix is this upcoming week. Oh shit. Well, it was a desert. <laughs> Wrong desert. But yeah, the uh they had the the first few things blocked off. I was like, do they think that the COVID's going to spread, or
1: I don't know. It was good to see the fans though. In a Sunday, there was a full crowd, about ten thousand
2: people that they were able to. see. And I, how can I think, Phoenix? I, I mean, uh, Clint and uh, Jeff were at a nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> there's the, the nightclubs are in Vegas.
1: But so going back to practicing and you know getting back into what a normal race week would look like. The one thing I noticed is early on in the in the truck race is the tire wear was so dramatic. The first time there was no rubber on the track, we started to see some webbing on the tires, and that affected a lot of people. As the race went on, it definitely got better, but those first times, you could definitely tell that those tires uh, were, were getting worn down pretty easily.
2: And, and practice would fix that. Yeah. Now, other impressive drivers I had, uh, Austin Hill, two-time winner, he worked up from starting in the, the high 20s. He finished third. Stuart Friesen was in the fray the whole second half of the race. Matt Crafton pretty much top 10 from uh, green or top five from green, the checker. Zane Smith is one, one of two super lucky dogs this weekend. We'll get to another one in the Xfinity, but he was two laps down and uh, did the double, double dog, Daria lucky dog to finish sixth. And then I'm wondering how Grant and finger, I think, uh, Thor sports sorted done him dirty how he doesn't have a full-time ride he uh, he was impressive the last few years always finishing top 10 in the points and to have him sharing a ride this year makes no sense but good for him he i, I believe he was the top camping world finisher so he won some bonus money prize money
1: yeah he was and uh, he won stage one and uh, finished in the top five in stage two before finishing in uh, seventh. So. Yeah, he. I mean, he was a
2: strong driver last year, and, and I know they have that deal they worked out with the uh, the Toyota development thingy, or they have to give another ride to to uh, Christian Eckes. But I just, I don't know. I would have worked out a different way to handle that. Yeah.
1: So that was Friday's race. Well, uh, there's no race, uh, truck race in Phoenix, sadly. So we're just back to Xfinity and Cup. But there is an ARCA
2: race, though. So. Yeah. We got to get the, the, the NBC race pass to watch it, which I, you know, if they want to cop me that, I'll do that. Well,
1: we'll see. <laughs> so moving on to Saturday's race, uh, very competitive early on. There's about 10 to 12 cars battling, but there was a blackjack in Vegas, as they say, as AJ ace jack 21 Almondinger overpowered the field, the last 60 laps and ran away with the victory.
2: It was impressive. And a colleague, uh, I talked them up earlier in the, in the uh, year. Um, I'm sort of, if I could have a home team, they, they started their whole uh, thingy in Ohio. So I sort of picked them up as like a hometown team. Um, they had three cars in the top 10. Um, and uh, as we discussed, they are expanding their uh, their cup footprint next year. They're playing the ride full-time. And it's going to be very interesting what they choose to do next year with that full-time uh, car, like, do they do Justin Haley, who has a, a Daytona Speedway win, did they go with Almondinger, who would be good at if they do seven, uh, road courses next year, or are they going to do a combination, or are they going to look elsewhere, a lot of, uh, I think that's going to be interesting to see what they end up doing there, and the one thing that I really liked, uh, after
1: Almendinger won, he gave his post-race interview, and he just praised. Uh, colleague for being a you know giving him this chance and giving him an owner and he talked very high which they all do but this was to an extreme and I think that really shows um, the camaraderie that they have within that team as well
2: well and they I mean they Almendinger actually a couple of years ago had talked about dropping out full-time and they basically talked him into to coming back part-time last year and then I uh, talked him into full-time this year so maybe they're going to resurrect his career and I mean, if it, it's pretty impressive how fast they've been competitive. I mean, they won five races last year. They already got one in the books next year. It'll be interesting to see how fast they're competitive in the Cup, and we're going to talk about some of the teams that are struggling Cup side uh, later on. Well, we'll get to the next guy we wanted to talk about was your guy,
1: who you always bring up, and if we had a dollar every time, you brought him up, but he, Austin Cendric may have been the luckiest person in vegas and he after the race he probably should have gone to the casino to keep seeing if his luck uh continued as he struggled uh i can't remember what happened but he was down missed the pits and then had to go all the way around and then the caution came out
2: and ended up getting the lucky dog yeah they uh (laughs) it uh it seemed like he was in the pits for about 10 seconds and as he was pulling out the the yellow flag came out so i remember there was a year i'm not gonna go name it because people look it up like you're full of shit so i'm just gonna leave it as you gotta look up every single year that exists i feel like there was a year jimmy johnson like he got the the lucky dog at least seven or eight times and he ended up winning the championship um It felt like Austin had that kind of luck that that Jimmy Johnson had that year where he just seemed to any time he happened to get a lap down, like instantly uh, a lucky dog would come out, almost like it was fixed. But uh, so um, and he I mean, his car was competitive, so it it was good that it it kept him in the race. Um, You hate to see competitive cars drop out for something like that, but uh, lucky uh, they don't call it the lucky dog for nothing. And they, Cedric uh, ended
1: up finishing fourth. The two other guys that we wanted to mention, Daniel Hemrick and Brandon Jones, finishing second and third, respectively. But both of those guys had an impressive second
2: half of the race. And, and they were, I, I will say, Hemrick was more competitive than uh, Brandon Jones. Brandon Jones was competitive the whole race. Towards the end, Hem- Hemrick was the only person who seemed to be able to keep within a shouting distance on Amendinger because he was pretty. I mean he was pretty stout down the stretch and I mean he they had the one yellow flag and his lead was so big when they went in that like Hemrick didn't even have a chance to like come in and catch him on that so and then other people I wanted to mention that were competitive they're two sort of outsiders you have Santino uh, Ferrucci I mean he's only been in for uh, what two races and uh he was on the lead lap much of the race, and he made a late charge because they saved the set of sticker tires. Pretty good, smart move. And he finished 13th, which for a short amount of time, he's been in the car. That's pretty impressive. And then Josh Berry, seventh-place finish. Does your guy, Dale Earnhardt Jr., give him more time in the car? I mean, he looked very impressive
1: yesterday. He didn't He didn't really do anything in the first two stages, didn't finish in the top 10, didn't get any stage points, but able to get a, a top-10 finish. It'll be interesting. I mean, he looked pretty
2: darn impressive on Saturday. And, and he's uh, like, he's not a young guy. He's sort of an older guy, 30s fan favorite. Hey, get this guy in a car. Uh, he's been toiling. He's a guy who toiled to get to where he's at. And he, he happened into a ride. So it's good to see that. And it, it, that's going to make for an interesting storyline if he continues to put top finishes like that. One day...
1: Brett Moffat might have had the worst uh, luck these last couple of weeks. He had finished uh, fifth in stage two, and then uh, later on in the race, Ty Dillon's spotter's battery died on his radio, and Ty Dillon, uh, I guess he thought he was clear. Never, really, I feel like you wouldn't go up if your spotter doesn't say that it's clear. But he just yeah. goes up, puts Moffat uh, into the wall. And then last week with less than 10 laps to go, he had a tire go out. But it was very weird that, you know, it's, it's so, it, such bad luck that a battery would die and the spotter's trying to change it. And you, you do something like that. And, put and, it
2: and he's ball. a car that, I mean, they've worked to get that car available. They weren't going to run full, full time. Now they're talking about running full time. And they did it because they thought he can be competitive and just to have stuff like that happen. I was a little confused because they had just come out of a yellow flag. And I know part of the yellow flag spotter is going to want to talk to the driver. But to me, um, right after the pit, maybe, or during pit, when you're on pit road, that might be a good time to change the battery (laughs) instead of like, it was two or three laps after they came out of the yellow. It just seemed like an odd time to try to change your battery. So uh, we're thinking about you, Brett. Uh, I think good luck's coming around the uh, the bend. Maybe you and uh, D Bendetto can catch it at the same time. So as I mentioned, Moffat finished
1: fifth in stage two. Was looking for a top ten finish, ends up finishing thirty fourth. And Thomas, I think there might be a loose lug nuts curse in the uh, Xfinity. Kyle Weatherman, who is your choice for uh, favorite paint scheme, spun out on lap w- on lap one. And he uh, finished 33rd. And then Stefan Parsons, who was my choice for the favorite paint scheme in the Dogecoin car, spun out at lap 17 to bring out the competition caution. And then he had a fuel line issue
2: and finished 36th. Yes, (laughs) Stefan did not go to the moon. (laughs) He He definitely did not. And then Kyle Weatherman car was painted like a police car uh spinning around on the very first lap I thought I put it on the freaking Dukes I (laughs) has
1: and I was so excited to see the car I retweeted a couple photos of it and I was like man this does look badass and then the only time I saw it on tv was when it spun out on lap one so apologies to
2: Parsons and Weatherman uh well I mean we will see I'm trying to think who we picked out in the past races I mean
0: I, I don't know
2: a that cup series, because so it, this is just an Xfinity yeah, curse. Is, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll have to go back and look who we picked the last couple of weeks, and uh, we'll get back to you guys on that Thursday after we do a deep dive into it. So moving on into Sunday's
1: race, and you and I talked about this. It was almost identical to the Xfinity race. There was a lot of uh, it was very competitive early on. Uh, There's 35 green flag passes for first place. Which is pretty darn impressive, and again, that it's not thirty-five different drivers, obviously, but it's guys that had taken over the lead thirty-five different times uh, early on, and then uh, Kyle Larson just dominating the last uh, sixty or so laps. But it was very, very reminiscent of Saturday's
2: race, and, and I found it—I found it pretty funny. It was almost like Boyer and uh, Jeff Gordon did not watch either the Friday broadcast or the Saturday broadcast. Because every time they went three or four wide, they acted like they have never seen that before. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, you're three or four. It's like, dude, they did that Friday and they did that Saturday. Um, they were a lot more um, excited about that than when the Clint Boyer seemed very unexcited. They find out that Jason Biggs was going to be the Grand Marshal this week. What did <laughs> he
1: say? Uh, they go, oh, he's going to be uh, the Grand Marshal next week in Phoenix. And Clint just goes, Oh, cool.
2: <laughs> that was hysterical. Yeah. Anyhow, Penske and Gibbs dominate the top 10, but Hendrick pulls out the win. But it was it was a three-team, I think. Three teams had nine of the top 10 cars, maybe all 10 of the top 10. Um, but, I mean, Penske seemed to have it dialed in. I yeah. mean, they didn't win it. And then Gibbs, who hadn't been doing well there, apparently has things figured out because they were like hamlin uh we had talked about how he wasn't very good there and then he was which surprised me all four gibbs cards
1: finished in the top 10 the only one that wasn't a part of the big three of penske uh hendrick and gibbs was eric jones in the 43 car and so uh, gibbs finished third Kyle bush finished third denny hamlin finished fourth truex sixth and christopher bell seventh so pretty impressive day by gibbs but Again a fourth different winner in four races Kyle Larson uh, pulls out the victory. I did some deep dive on Twitter uh, there's the record since the playoff the new playoff format has started has been 13 different
2: racers to win so kind of on pace to break that but uh, and, and if someone told you you they would give you ten million dollars you get to pick six drivers one of those six only one of those six had to be one of the first four winners i myself would be looking at a vacation house in costa rica right now uh but i would be wrong i would have lost because yeah. i would have went with harvick i would have went with hamlin because his dominance at daytona i would have went with elliott because his dominance at the road courses i would have went logano probably or kozlowski this week because of how they've been running in vegas and probably truex yeah. and None of those six have won, so it would shock me. This is where I'm going
1: to pound my own chest here because if uh, anybody listened to the preview on Friday, I picked Kozlowski to win, and my other guy, the quote-unquote long shot was Kyle
2: Larson, and they finished one and two, so it kind of looks like I know what I'm talking about. I mean, can a guy who's finished uh, second place in nine uh, mile-and-a-half tracks be a long shot? I should have uh, called you, you I didn't question. You I should have called you. I should have, I yeah. in retrospect, I should have. <laughs> Damn it. I should have. Son
1: so, of a... Let's talk about Larson a little bit. We won't get into all the details. If you don't know his backstory, just look up Kyle Larson, iRacing, <laughs> and you can see what happened uh, last year. Uh, to me, he's a, he's a very good driver. I expect to see him in victory circle, or victory lane, excuse me, uh, some more this year and in the future, especially with Hendrick. And it seems like the guys have kind of forgiven him for what he did. You saw Kieslowski run out after he did his burnout, give him a high five. Bubba Wallace went to victory lane, gave him a high five. And then as he was driving down pit road, um, there was guys giving him a little bit of a redemption. And to me, the biggest loser in everything that happened was uh, Chip Ganassi racing, losing him. I think his contract was up at the end of the year, but they, Fired him last year. Matt Kenseth came in and replaced him, and then now they're with Ross Chastain.
2: And, and they, I mean, they pretty much had to fire him, if you remember what the atmosphere was like uh, last April. Yeah, no, I'm saying that they shouldn't have, but it, it was just unfortunate for them. Yeah, I, I'm... Let me first say, I I think he should have a chance to come back. Um, I don't hate him. I don't dislike him. Um, I just, to me personally, I thought he should have had to... This year, I think he should have had to spend in either the truck races or Xfinity. I think he should have been allowed to drive so he can't say, oh my God, you're taking his livelihood away. But I think he missed eight months where there weren't many fans in the stands. And sure, he missed the paycheck. But I just, to me, mentally, when I think of a redemption story, it's, hey, um, I battled back through all this stuff like I spent a whole season in Xfinity or the trucks and here I am back. Not, hey, I spent eight months um, and then I got a top ride, a ride with a top team. To me, I just, I don't know. And and I, I'm wondering, N- NASCAR, I don't know, if maybe they didn't think he would win right away. Because to me, I think even... If he didn't do it that way, I thought a one-year suspension, which it hasn't been a full year. If they didn't think he was going to be that competitive, so it came up that quick. Because you might think, Yeah, hey, yeah, let him go." The way Harvick and Hamlin are going, he's not going to win a race till ten or twelve in, anyways, and no one will notice. But he won pretty quick, so it's like, "Bammo, it's right there." Yeah, because I, I like I, I thought a, a year. The only bad thing about a whole year is you're taking him out of two championship chances of win the championship two years but uh, i think he either should have had a full year or he should have had the battle back this year in the lower but that's just it i'm i don't dislike him and you know what he's gonna keep winning and good for him yep so back to the race and you brought this up if
1: hamlin and truex worked as teammates i think it was around lap 74 Do you think they could have pulled away from larson
2: and i i in when i brought that up I don't know that they pull away. I just think they, uh, if you remember like Almendinger, when he, uh, when he pulled away, it's like there was other colored cars and they weren't battling with them. So he was able to, I think if they both just would have run out in clean air, they could have got some of a cushion. Larson was definitely, I think the faster car and might've eventually, I think it would have been a more competitive finish. And it seemed like 74 laps left. What are you got? Like, what are you doing? like your teammates, I know Hamlin did something shady to Truex last week, but be a better man. And like Joe Gibbs has got to get these guys and say, hey, you know, you both f each other <laughs> over in the long run because you could have pulled away. And then if you guys want to jerry-rig with each other with 20 laps or 15 laps, go at it. But at that point, they basically let Larson get back in the fray when they, they could have probably run out a little bit. So, so we mentioned the three teams
1: that dominated Hendrick, Penske, and Gibbs. Stuart Haas just had a horrendous day. Uh, Kevin Harvick, who started on the pole, finished 20th. Chase Briscoe finished 21st. Uh, Cole Custer finished 25th. And Amarola
2: finished DFL in 38th. Yeah, it was like I didn't even notice Harvick was on the track until I want to say the very end larson was passing him he was that far out of out of contention the other ones it's like meh um they they weren't competitive uh and then we said eric jones and michael d bendetto were sort of competitive yeah so um and there was a couple jtg doherty uh stenhouse was sort of competitive and their other guy was competitive um but yeah, it's just surprising to see Stuart Haas struggling like that, especially like Harvick is their guy. And if your belt cow's finishing twentieth, that's not uh, it's not a good cow to have.
1: Yeah, and all, all four cars finished. Uh, Harvick finished a lap down, so all four of their cars had gotten lapped uh, throughout the race. And then you, know, he, we never really saw him. He started the race in first, and he dropped back to I think eighteenth pretty darn quick, and just didn't have it going, but you mentioned uh, Eric Jones and Matt DiBendetto. Who gets their first win? Uh, <laughs> is it the Wood Brothers getting their 100th win? So I thought they he was up there for a little bit and I texted you and I go, are we about to see this? And then uh, the DeB or Jones was up there finished in the top 10, as we said. So who gets their first win? Or who gets the win first? The Wood Brothers? I'm,
2: Richard. I'm Kennedy? sticking with Wood Brothers. I'm sticking with them, especially since the next year. They're getting Cindric. Yeah. I think if they only get it this year, they get it next year, and I don't know that Eric Jones, he's a, good, a pretty solid driver, but I don't know if he gets a win this year. I feel like if he wins, it's got to be rain shortened. Yeah. And uh, which is sort of how I feel about our next topic, which is children's racing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just uh, what, oh, you said Austin finished 12th? Yeah, finished twelve. Started twelve, finished twelve. Yeah, I mean, we talk a lot about the Wood Brothers, and since 2017 they only have one win but Richard Childress Racing who puts two or three cars out pretty much every week they only have four so is that much more impressive than than uh, Richard Childress Racing since Harvick left them they have been sort of yeah meh, meh. yeah yeah
1: they, they, they had two cars uh Tyler Reddick eight car and Austin Dillon in the three car Reddick finished 22nd uh one lap down I think you know Redick finished second he's at Homestead but that's kind of like his home course and uh Dylan got a win last year but I mean other than that they they really haven't done much
2: and I mean I'm high on uh, uh I talk a lot about last year's freshman class um I just don't know like right now I would put him as I don't know. I would call him your bell cow there. I just don't, I haven't seen enough out of Austin Dillon. I mean, he talked about on the crew that one race he won. Yeah. But has he, like, has he done much besides that? And at what point do you kick your grandson out of a ride Is a grandson? Not sure. It's grandson, I think. But I thought he was good
1: in the booth on Friday in the truck race.
2: Oh, he was, he was the, the, my favorite booth moments were, uh, um my favorite was Kurt Bush. um when they showed the airplanes he's like makes you makes you proud it <laughs> brings a lot of pride and then he's like it's great to be an American I mean that's just like I said Kurt Bush. I used to not like him just because of some of the antics but since he's been in the booth just listening to him every week uh, it's very enjoyable and I think they said they, uh, Daniel Suarez is in the booth for um Xfinity this week so that'll be good to listen to so we'll bring that up on uh,
1: Thursday
0: Friday. my
1: favorite my favorite booth moment was Friday when Denny Hamlin tweeted at Austin Dillon uh asking him if he knew how to tie a tie because it was so short and uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> Dillon had to take it off <laughs> oh that was hilarious and then uh who who tied it for him uh uh, uh Kurt could the Kurt tie a tie for him I can't remember when,
1: I don't know, because Kurt wasn't
2: up there on Friday. Oh, Michael Waltrip, who I yeah. love. Yeah, Michael Waltrip doesn't know how to tie a tie, either does Austin Dillon? But how often, except for the end-of-the-year award ceremony, yeah. uh, how often do they wear ties? I think they should just wear their fire suits in there, the races. the fire suits would be fun. Um, or, you know, your their favorite, like, racing T-shirt with the yeah. cars and the colors. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm which uh, we need to discuss. We didn't put it on the thingy. 8-Ball Whiskey, if you're listening, like A, get a, a, a get a race store. Uh, Starcom Racing does not have 8-Ball uh, Whiskey uh, merchandise on their, their website. 8-Ball has no merchandise on their website. 8-Ball's advertising in NASCAR, which is big in the South and the Midwest. But you know where you can get eight ball whiskey? I found out when I went to Specs. And not in, te- not in Texas. <laughs> not in Texas. You can get it in California and Colorado. Why are you advertising on NASCAR if I can't drink you? They just take to, to the podcast and then send you some bottles. I mean, the, the only thing I find more questionable than that is all the Call Me Cat commercials yeah. uh, with Mayambalik, whoever was Blossom. Like, they show that commercial every other thingy. Do NASCAR people, like, did they watch Blossom as kids? Like, what are you doing? At least they can watch the show if they want to. It's available Well, I know you want it. Like, we discussed it. You want to watch the show. So they're going after your people. But uh, come on. Stop showing Call Me Cat commercials. I'm not going to watch it. Not going to watch it.
1: All right. so 8-Ball.
2: I'm going to drink 8-Ball when I can find it. But I can't find it. So I'm done. Go. Thomas, I'm Dick, done. D- Thomas Dick has spoken that will
1: do it for this episode of loose lug nuts the NASCAR podcast by the average fan for the average fan we're staying out in the desert uh, we will preview uh, Phoenix uh, coming up this weekend that episode will drop on Friday for Thomas Dick I'm Evan Roberts thanks again everybody for listening we'll see you later this week
2: we'll catch you later I gotta go binge watch call me cat
0: I grew up in Texas where football was my game Until that racing fever started burning in my brain I started running mini stocks when I was 13 And won a short track championship when I was just 16 I met a man named Harry Hyde, he built a car for me Sponsored by Granddaddy Hillens Drillin Big dream. Thank you for the ride, Harry High. And I'm glad I had Granddaddy on my side. You've given me my wings, now it's up to me to fly. Thank you for the ride, Harry High. Now, some may say that Lady Luck has given me the brakes admit she smiled a bit, but it's me that runs the race. Now you can't be a champion due you the know luck or circumstance. I'll do the best I can for those who've given me the chance. Thank, Thank you, you for the ride, Harry High. And now I've got the on my side.